Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Celeste Barber, great, Janet Jackson, Nasty Boys, great song. You like to go to Kids Bop Kids, that's their Sammy Hagar I'd go to. I went to see the Doobie Brothers. I'd probably go again. Good old Whitney Cummings. Yeah. Train and Ario Speedwagon. There's so many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Wow. That is a good, that's a good deal. You got to yep. visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. What is it? Livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Jay Moore is a cast member that, you know, Dana started when I was there. Um, As a very young man. He came in. Yeah. yeah. Jay Moore, who people know now, but he came uh, from SNL. He had some great impressions, walk-in, uh, a few others, and very good mimic of that. Um, he had a run there, went off. He does a lot of sports. He does a lot mm -hmm. of stand-up, um, knows a lot about a lot. Been in a lot of great he's movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did a movie with Aniston. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff. Beat me out for a part in a movie. We talk about that. You know, we did a, do you remember when we did our special about the great Chris Farley, those those two episodes? Yeah. Well, Jay came in and had some very, very funny, funny stories. Some of it I thought oh, was yeah. folklore, but he was there or maybe instigated it. So anyway, I would stay tuned for his his really funny, funny stories about the great Chris Farley. Oh, he's got so many Farley stories about everything in 8-H and... Uh... Also talks about lately uh, is marriage to Jeannie Buss. Yeah, he's a, new, Lakers, a newlywed so. and uh, he's in a really good, really good space. Interesting. Yeah, he's gone through a lot. And um, hey, we fucking laughed the whole time. That was yeah. great. Enjoy, Jay Moore, please. Dana left before I came on. When did you come on? 91. Start. 91. Start? I was there till 93. Wait, do you know who Dana is? <laughs> Which one? Are you a Church Lady fan or are you more Which of a Garth Dana? guy? Are you coffee machine? That, you're fan? Dana? <laughs> no, it's, it's in our contract. Dana. I had to grow this so we look even I more I was similar. not on Saturday Night Live with you, Dana. <laughs> this but is, we both were there in 92, so up. there's a little bit of a problem. Yeah. Do you remember? When you and I were there, David, yeah. was Dana there also? No. Well, let me I ask came you a question. With Sarah and Norm and e David Taylor. Did you do it with Sarah and Norm? And David Tell? Oh. No, that was later. Okay. So you weren't there in 92, because that's when I was doing, was Wayne's World happening all the time? What is this? What's Wayne's World? Okay. <laughs> Let's right. back up. So you missed it by- That much. <laughs> you used to just by a little bit. A birdie told me. But I remember I being there once <laughs> where, where Franken and, and Chris Farley were going to fight. Fr Franken and Chris Farley were going to wrestle. And oh, I remember yes. you hanging around, and I remember- Oh, Jay, you know, like you were like, I could take both of you guys kind of like you yeah. were going to, there was a three. So I don't know if you ever I, I do remember that now. Yeah. And uh, I also remember <laughs> far, okay, David and, um, so where to call you David. David. Yeah. 
You can Spade, call me Spade and Spade Fred Wolf were in Spade. the graphics room. I knew Fred Wolf would come up immediately. He's the best. Fred, yeah. Fred. Hey, hey, you're really funny. You're not so funny. That's hey, really good. Uh, I yeah, shouldn't yeah. do that. No, no, I no. I'm just kidding. I'm talk to you for the six sec- shooters up here. David, I want to. really good. You're really good. I've you're tell you a story, but I, I'm going to talk to you for one second. I'm going to talk to you. Yeah. And I have a yeah. question for you. I just remember <laughs> a waiter coming over going, get the fuck out of here. He's in the middle of a punchline and the waiter would walk up. He goes, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Because they always come on the punchline. Uh, so Spade and um, Fred Wolf are in the graphics room and I walk in to see what they're doing. Then Farley walks in and then Fred just, start, Fred's like the master manipulator. Oh, like, no, hey, yeah. Chris, you know, Jay wrestled, you wrestled. Oh, no. Jay, you know, Jay says he could kick your ass at wrestling. And I'm like, yeah, I'm 23 years old. I'm like, absolutely. And Chris just, you were a young Chris is just step. like, yeah, all right. So we square <laughs> up to wrestle. I like he's not even in his This was crazy. in the writer's room where we- also- No, this is in the graphics room. Oh, okay. Like off, I, on the way to in the writer's On the way room. to Lauren's office. Okay. And uh, okay. it was just you and Fred were just doing private time or something. Some graphics. What happened? <laughs> so I made the mistake of shooting in on Chris's legs uh, and he just collapsed on top of me. And then I went to my <laughs> stomach and I brought my elbows in and Chris for the next six minutes sat- on my back going <laughs> like, like and, and I you really, couldn't get out no i thought i really live. thought my life was gonna end like sure. this, you know well, yeah. he was and i was trying to say like, chris you're trying 890 my back and after six minutes david saved me he goes get the fuck off him come Carl. on chris and he just jumped sure, he just went, by the way <laughs> first of all it was all fred's fault <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Jay is doing miming Chris Farley's little attack. running thing. Or his a, heart attack thing where he always hits his, or he goes, son of a, I have a, are you supposed to have a tingling feeling in your left arm? It's going numb. Yeah. He let, yeah. So what about when he walked you to the elevator? Wasn't he mad about that? Oh, I pinned him. Yeah. yeah. So the rematch was, oh. it was, it was uh, Dana Carvey, uh, Dana Carvey. It was, wow. I was, I was the referee. I was reading your name right there. It was, uh, <laughs> it was Alec Baldwin. I get you guys confused <laughs> <laughs> Me and Alec, we we know it's just a thing. It was Alec Baldwin yeah. and Kim Basinger were co. Uh, oh, they were there? mingling. Yeah, okay. and um, my my follow up to that was like it really like bugged me because I'm like as well. The can days, I ask for a second? How yeah. good were you at wrestling? He's, you're a good Average. wrestler. I'm Average. much better as an adult. Than what I was, was as a the kid. weight when you took on Farley? What was your weight? It was probably one sixty. Okay, so you were just lean. Okay, so he talk was, about how you pinned 12, him by 20. the elevator. How did you pin a, a 5'6", 270-pound man? He was sitting on the couch. That's about what I figured he was at his prime. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. You get him right he, after he went to Wally and Joseph's and he had shells. <laughs> Wally and Joseph's. <laughs> He's taking a nap. That was our go-to restaurant Close. in New York. <laughs> he was sitting on the couch right inside the, oh. uh, right, right inside the writer's room. Yeah. Yes. And I walked in. I said, hey. I said, I said something to him. He like, hey, fat boy. You still want to go? Oh, no. And he went to get up, and the everyone's sitting at the giant table. Yeah, right. like fat 40, boy, you still want to like go? There's like 40 people <laughs> going, why are you doing this? I was nuts. Yeah. Untreated alcoholism. Oh, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> Untreated. <laughs> totally. And he went to get up. His mistake was, it's like never getting a fight, getting out of your car, you're yeah. dead. So yeah. he got caught in that limbo between getting <laughs> up. Starting halfway And up. then where'd yeah. you go so to? So I went. My right arm around his head, and I just went bodied into him, and then we just were falling forward, and right. then I clasped my hands under his, oh like, back God. of his knee, so we did, like, a somersault <laughs> into <Fuck>. the room, <laughs> and I put my knee 
in his side and my forehead on his temple. Oh, and I just because I knew if I let him go, he'd kill me. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's like God. when you're fighting a bully, you are brave. I don't want to let him go because he'll beat me up in front of Alec Baldwin. More importantly, Kim Basinger. Jesus, don't and look, so Kim. I let him go. And everyone's staring at me like, what the fuck is this guy doing? So then I slap Chris's ass. I go, now we're even. Um, and I get up and I'm walking to the night elevators. I don't know why I turned left instead of right. And I just hear this like running of the bulls yeah. behind me. And I turn and it's like the entire room has emptied out. Follow and they're him. walking towards me. But in front of them, Chris <laughs> is walking like a zombie, like in a Scooby-Doo, like with the big leg. And his eyes are up in his head, like, and his palms are out. Terrifying. So I had that time to get to the elevator. And I'm hitting the button. And I'm hitting the button. The night elevator opens. <laughs> and it's filled with people from the rainbow room. It's just a wall of black tie and gowns, yeah. just taffeta and fucking Ben Gay, just all these old. So I wedge <laughs> into the elevator and then Chris is walking towards the elevator. Now he's going to kill me and there's going to be collateral damage. And I go, look, everybody, that's Chris Farley. And the whole elevator, like on an episode of Newhart, just goes, oh, yeah. and he goes, and he just turned around <laughs> and, and walked away. And the elevator door You got closed. so lucky. <laughs> I got saved when a fucking murdered Ooh. me. Oh my God. Did he get that temper but going? The only reason I lived mm -hmm. is because he's just he had to get the laugh even in that uh, even that even like in instead revenge. of running at me and grabbing me once everybody was mobile he was like i remember i told dana i said i remember oh, that i think greatest. chris and jay there was a wrestling situation and then jay got the best of him and went into the elevator i just oh, remember I, the elevator. I, I made him turn purple oh he got the best of me i just killed him so you had skill you had uh, a lot of confidence well i watch a lot of ufc so i you know you see me on that well, I've seen guys that look like you. I don't know, but but leverage no, an average. a smaller person. He can... just if it was he was I, the way he was getting up off the couch was just a godsend. That I got really right. lucky and it just it took my shot. Well, he was just obviously <laughs> and he wasn't big ready at man. all. Was he was quick? No, he was just like hey, because like, he always hey, Jay. Went, he always went like punchline first. He's like all right, young fella. Yeah. Hey, how are you? Lady. Sorry. Remember when? Dave Attell and I were in the office and Farley walked in at like 1 a.m. on a Thursday. It was just like, whoa. And he's like, what are you guys doing? And at the same time, like creepy twins, we said, we'll pay you $100 to shit out the window. Oh, you, you initiated oh, that you infamous that. And he just went, oh, give me the money first. <laughs> give me the money first. And so he did this more than once? 17th floor. No, that's, and we had to fill out a police report because they thought he was a jumper. Mm. So he, how, he, was oh, just he opens the window. <laughs> yeah. Does he take down his pants? I mean, yes. how, and then he puts his ass out. So yeah, he, and he, it was obvious right away he didn't have to shit at all because he oh, was no. just he turned like purple from effort. He was just like, Argh! so nothing happened. No, like a one little thing, one hairy milk dud, <laughs> yeah, like and one. hit Lorne Michaels, who was be coming back from Orsos. <laughs> Cancel <Paul> his. <laughs> Excuse me, Paul. Do you have a napkin? Cancel you got his a second little bit song. of feces on you. One it of the fell, feature players shit on me. <laughs> it fell in the window onto my desk. Oh, <laughs> what? So oh. you initiate it and you become the victim. Yeah, and then um, he, there was nothing to wipe his ass with. Well. So we wipe. I always leave this part of the story out out of respect, but you guys know how much 
how love we, uh, we, I mean, we can't love, love anyone more. No. Yeah. So he wiped his ass with his hand. <laughs> hand is the only For people listening who don't who think being on Saturday Night Live is a barrel of monkeys. Yeah. You're right, and this is an it example is. because when of he how would, much fun it is, he we would got come people. in my office and go, "Yeah, I have got a greasy trail," which <laughs> I figured out later what it was. And he'd take a my USA Today and go, "Give me a piece of that," <laughs> and you know. You can do the rest. So of that. after he wiped his ass with his hand, he went back to that mummy walk, and he fucking chased this oh, around yeah, the seventeenth floor with the shit on with his hand. With the mummy walk and shit on and his And I'm hands. running down the hallway, <laughs> past like research, and there's those bookshelves in the hallway, and me and David Dell are running side by side, and I'm like, we're not going to make this <laughs> yeah, yeah. side by side. We got to go single file. Someone's going to. But gonna... I don't want to be in in the back <laughs> and Dave like I, I'm like two years removed from competitive wrestling and Dave Attell a chain smoking miserable guy just passes me <laughs> oh, yeah, like he's fear. on a jet ski yeah. <laughs> and I hit those, my, I hit the bookcase my shoulder like pops out and I'm just laying on my back oh, no. and Chris for like minutes is just standing over me going <laughs> oh with that didn't you have that broomstick Jeez. though or was that a, or we don't talk yeah about that was that. yeah but, we don't talk about. Oh, that. that's uh, even more. Okay, yeah. Well, good. the writers' room. <laughs> the writers' room was a very fun, uh, late night, chaotic place, and, and we're even Downey. Everyone's looking for any reason not to write. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone? You have questions about your credit card. With twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Oh yes, you heard me right. You can talk to an actual human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The first sketch I ever handed Downey, I didn't know like he slept there. He was going through some shit. Yeah. And he just wanted us around like in the loneliest hours between 3 and 6 a.m. So... Remember he'd make us watch like Joliet High School basketball. Like, look at this. Look, look at the ball movement. Oh, you were out by then. He you did like to talk party. about, like if I ever got in that Downey's office, which all we want to do is get Downey's expertise. And he was, you know, he's been there for 20 years. So when we get in there, he goes, Spade, what is going on in Arizona? And then <laughs> I would go through all that, but I'm trying to go through my progression so I can get to my horrible sketch that he's not going to like. And uh, I would talk and talk and just talk. And we would just talk and Schneider, let me in. I'm next. Too much time. So two in the morning you leave and then Schneider goes in and then, but poor Jim, that's what he had to do is just take okay ideas. One time he did say something smart. He goes, well, he, all, he always <laughs> he said something smart. smart. Yeah. But smart. he said something that I remembered where he goes, there's times when you're going to give me an idea and I'm just going to say, I don't think you should write it. And I can't really tell you why. I just know it probably won't get on. And I can't even articulate. It's just not right. And I said, okay, fair enough. And sometimes I would do it and he goes, I don't think that's the one. And I'd be like, this is one of the guys that decides. So why go through the motions of writing? Unless it's going to be so primo, he has to overturn his opinion. But he just goes, mm. And that's hard to do. It's hard to tell someone not to write something. The first sketch I ever handed him was the Christopher Walken Psychic Friends Network. That, one, that had to have gotten on, didn't it get on? Eventually. And... um but I was, you know, I didn't see him until like 9 a.m. Oh. And I finished it at like midnight. So you stayed the whole night. I stayed oh, you I waited. on the couch and this. Wow. And then he, they go, oh, you can go. I think it was Laurie Joe, but you can go see him. 
And then he's sitting on his fucking little couch, brushing his teeth. It's like a face of foam. Yeah. And he goes, let me see it. And I go, hey. And I hand it to him. And he puts his palm out like this. And I put the sketch in his palm. And he goes, yeah, it feels a little long. Ah, he just weighed it out. And, and then handed it back to you? He was right, though. Oh, oh my God. Feels I mean, it was, heavy. It was a heavy sketch. Yeah. <laughs> it was long. I'd get there. And sometimes there was a Frank and or maybe, was it Rosie Schuster? They would be Rosie like Schuster. 18 pages yeah. and read through. Now, uh, read it. <laughs> Who is that? Which one's that? Franken? Oh, Franken. Okay. <laughs> I remember I had Franken somehow <laughs> in like some sketch that was going to get on. I think it was like Good Morning Brooklyn or something. Yeah. It was, it was going to get on. Like it was just the vibe was there. Yeah. And uh, I had Franken and sh no, it was Psychic Friends. It was the walk-in sketch. And, and Schneider goes, you got you to gotta switch out. No, you got to switch out Franken. You can't. And I go, no, this is funny because he's like the guy. And he goes, no. Don't put Franken in your sketch. And I go, why not? He goes, follow me. And we walked out of the office, around the corner, <laughs> down the hallway. And there's, that, you know, the framed photos. And it's when they were having the white sale with slaves, with Belushi. Mm -hmm. And I guess, and Mur uh, uh, Bill Murray. And then the third one is Franken. And they're just standing there like, whatever. And Franken's like. Oh, yeah. Like all puffed up chest. He goes, that's why. Because he's overacting. That's why. Oh. Schneider's an old soul. Schneider like, is. You know, Schneider no, will tell you, you what's on his mind. No, you don't want him. You're a fucking rookie. What do you know? You don't know what you're doing. They're poisoning yeah. our water. Well, he can also note you in your own sketch, you know. No, he's Because he was one of the ones that got the pick Love sketches. Wrong. So, he, that was, I mean, I'm talking Frank and like he would. Oh, man. He would, uh, you know, if he's in it, he's also a writer. and He's also one of the producers that picks sketches. So, he has a lot of control of your own sketch, which might that rub you wrong is the game of thrones of snl yeah. partnering with someone even if you, you you go into the room and you go i kind of have an idea be like your psychic walk and and then let them start the ball rolling oh that's great that's great so they get proprietary so when lauren is there anyone walking psychic they're involved they yeah see i didn't know any of that oh uh, yeah i think when jay started uh, i don't know if i knew you ahead did i know you ahead of time or is new there no Okay, so I think uh, we all had trouble when we got there. Me, all, everybody. I had a lot because I couldn't quite, like this dope that was better than me, this guy, Dana. So when David's I got there. David's always there. When, when was, I got he there. He was like my protege. I was the longest feature player. Rob went first, Sandler went first, Farley. They all they all went to cast. And so I stayed an extra year in the uh, on the bench kind of. And. I remember when I think you came on, it was like kind of tough. And maybe I try to tell you. And at the beginning, in my recollection, you were like, you know, I know it's hard. I know how it is. But the truth was you can't even be prepared. It's like, no. you know it and you get there and you go, well, my sketch was funny. What's going on? And then it, it just, that's exactly what you, happened to me. How did you, you get start on? to go? How do you? And then after three weeks of that, like I gave my best sketch the first week and it almost got on. And then after that, it was a lot tougher because that was the one I worked on. I go, this this has to work. And then uh, another week comes by, another week, and you're, if you're not getting stuff on, you start to lose well, your let mind. Let me ask both of you guys a question. I mean, the first year, I kind of harvested or adapted stuff that I'd worked for me in clubs a lot of the mm -hmm. time. You know, so I'm wondering what what were your killer bits when you got it? And you too, Jay, like well, how you got the show. I mean, you're walking is right up Maybe there with yeah, my style, I'm more of a mimic so I didn't have like you have the you're really great Dana at um like your original characters and but I I'm just doing an impression of a person I met kind yeah. of it's a it's a close right, but, it's, but it's still an original it, thing like it, I'm just mimicking and I remember when um Jim Downey said you know go to the guys uh 
you know, go around to the other guy's offices and just do impressions. Let them know what you... And I was like so offended. Like, I'm not going to be a door-to-door salesman. Fucking but, clown. But that's yes. exactly what I yes. should have done. Yes. If I could have done it over again, I would have just walked into your office and been like... I wrote a list out of everyone that I did. Really? And just passed it all around. Yeah. My that's smart. Well, what did you... Who, well, me, what, who were you doing at that point? Since mid-90s. Who did you come in with? You've been in clubs like, for a few know, years. Hacky sh- like Pesci. Nothing's sure. hacky. Sure. Pesci, Pesci's hard. Niro, Andrew McCarthy was that. Oh, I yeah. Never heard yeah. That one. I think you did. What movie? We did it. Eyes, too. We did it. Uh, I love her, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, we did it with Phil on uh, Sassy when he had that talk oh, show. Oh, Sassy, Sassy, yeah. We were just talking about Sassy. Oh, yeah. That was with Phil Hartman. And and see, uh, that's funny. Like, if, if people, if it's not accurate <laughs> for me, like, that's just funny. I love her so much. I, mean, you I know, love her, man. It's just a fu- <laughs> funny, written, <laughs> funny eyes. attitude. And then you just say, that's Andrew McCarthy. Yeah, and it works yeah. because if you have one move, the eyes, the voice is close enough, there you get your laugh. That's all you need, really, in those sketches. And I did, our, I did a bunch of black, like Arsenio oh. and, and um, Tracy, but he wasn't famous yet. Glad it was 1995. Oh, yeah. oh, he- Cripple pussy, stay wet. <laughs> so you're doing crippled pussy? Yeah, that's why I got these wheelchair gloves, David Spade. <laughs> and this was seeing him in the clubs. He wasn't on SNL? Yeah, I went to go see him at the improv. <laughs> I went to go see him what? at the improv. And I walked yeah. into the improv and he's fist fighting the audience in the hallway before oh. they redid it. And uh, I go to help him. It was like 80 against one. And he's just like, yeah, I miss my daughter, goddammit. <laughs> and then I go to help him in the fight and he turns to punch me in the face and his fist stops like right at my face and he stops and he goes, I'm not going to fuck with you, Jay Morris. You legendary. <laughs> that, was his so, way of, that was his way of saying, either of you. I almost just punched you in the face. I put a baby in you, Jay. Yeah, Jay Moore got me boy pregnant. <laughs> I like when Tracy does observational humor, but it's it's only observational to Tracy. He's on stage like Oxnard. Who else remembers finger fucking Portuguese girls on the handball courts? You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking like about. Old white people with turquoise. The they all have like turquoise jewelry on. They're yeah. all like earthy. From Montecito. Santa they just yeah. went down to Oxnard. Um, you know them Portuguese girls been giving up the pussy. <laughs> On their handball courts. Well, Tracy, we're not going to have you back. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I God damn, that's so, so funny. That's so fucking funny. Yeah. Uh, Daryl Hammond tells me tells a story of Tracy, like, was Daryl's savior. Like, Daryl was struggling, and Tracy goes, we got to go give respect to the man. Like, this is the streets, Daryl. <laughs> so like, he's got to go, like, we have to have, like, our meeting with Lauren, oh. just let them know we're soldiers. Oh, okay. And so they wait and they wait for like two Five hours, hours yeah. and they finally get in. And Lauren's like, I have a seat, guys. Hold on a second. Hello, Mick. It's like Mick Jagger calls. <laughs> <laughs> They're sitting in those big fucking chairs waiting. And he's like, one second. Oh, hello, Mick. How's the tour? And then they start talking and Dick Cheney's office calls. <laughs> And Dick just, Cheney, Jagger, getting, and then Cheney. They're yeah. just getting more emasculated. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. So it's like eight minutes total. And then he goes, All right, thanks. And they go outside the office. And Tracy looks at Daryl and goes, There ain't no eye rolling in that motherfucker, D. <laughs> <laughs> and that meant, like, but like, we're in the big leagues. Yeah. There ain't no eye rolling in that motherfucker, D. Yeah. <laughs> so did you, did you uh, partner up with? With uh, Daryl a little bit, but do impressionists. We've been doing shows 
Oh, really? Now, right? Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, like just a night of impressions. Like he does 20 minutes, I do 20 minutes. Do you have then, any overlappers? And then Q&A, is this the two of you? Uh, we shut down the Q&A last year because it's like, do uh, the Q&A is like, do Schwarzenegger. Damn. It's like, I don't do. Q&As are tough. Yeah, we like to take all the variables out. And the, but we have a guy, Greg Baldwin, who's like the moderator. He's like the James Lipton. Mm -hmm. And then we do, you know, we just go back and forth, back and forth. We tell a couple stories and then we'll do like speed round, which is mostly cartoons. That sounds great. That I sounds like, like a great cartoons. show. You like cartoons? Yeah. Who's your favorite Muppet? Kermit. Yeah, yeah. No, I, hold, I just I hold I, Kermit D Frog. No, I like some other ones. Uh, Cookie Monster. Who's a homeless guy? Are you guessing or like who is your favorite Muppet? No, I don't. Are you guessing? I'm not, your I'm not a Muppet guy. I'd be. I'd be. Chip. I'm not uh, a Muppet guy. Beaker. You know. Beaker's tight. See, and his Dana? boss, uh, Professor <laughs> Professor Honeydew. Is that the bald guy? Yeah, he had no eyes, but he had glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Muppets are killing it. I'm not a Muppet guy. I'm old, I'm old school. I like Bert. Oh yeah, Bert and Ernie. What was the story with them? Everybody, <laughs> yeah, one came out, right? Bert, everybody thinks Bert's an asshole, but Ernie just wore him down until yeah. he snapped. Bert's just runs a tight ship. Yeah, and Ernie military was, guy. Ernie was Navy a Navy guy. Er, yeah, Ernie was kind of a <laughs> fuck around. Bert's a total Navy guy. Make the bed nice and yeah. early. And they have to be a little opposite to make it work. I think. So going back to Dana's question. Yes, yeah. I didn't really bring anything other than impressions in uh, with me. But then I kept my impressions like a secret and then i had resentments that nobody was Dumbest writing thing sketches. you've ever done yeah which right. is again untreated because i mean you did all these movies and i, I see you like oh, wait, as an actor i got a question it's, for it's you interesting i'm jumping around i'm sorry talking to oh my co-host was asking you something i was just saying you're more than an impressionist in your career you know sports commentator you're, that's not what know. i was gonna say well that's yeah. the thing with impressions too when people go how come you don't do impressions when you're on stage it's it's not to me it's not stand-up it's a whole different toolbox yeah i feel like i'm kind of cheating like this isn't stand-up i'm just doing these fucking voices. well it used to be i would get teased a lot in san francisco like bobby slate yeah yeah do a funny voice do a funny voice you know mm. that's all you do and then i walked <laughs> in on the holy cities of this little club one night and he's doing one of the bowery boys that's like his <laughs> big closer the bowery boys yeah the bowery boys sorry Timely. going back um yeah, it seems like it's a big advantage just to have impressions to go to, maybe not depend on, but to go to on that show. Only if people know that you have them. You well, didn't you just go around to office and go, hey, how about this? The guys saying they yeah, literally never found out you got this secret. No, weapon. they found out. Like you know, it, it would be like whatever movie was playing. Right. I would start quoting the movie because I just talk in movie quotes all the time anyway. So that's how I got Kaitel on, and um, Kaitel. Look, I understand you're super fucking pissed. Uh, <laughs> Joe, Harvey Keitel. I don't know what you think you know, but you're wrong. He's a good kid. <laughs> Keitel, I never hear anyone do. Well, let's know you paid attention to the broadcast. We did it. You were in the sketch. No, I know. We did. <laughs> wow, SNL secret. What one was it? Where do you guys hide the cameras? <laughs> We're not filming this stupid we're, thing. We're, That's we're, why we're, we couldn't afford we, it. We didn't describing what you're doing because we're stupid. Oh. Now my eye is fucked up. I, didn't, happened, I was going to tell you when you came in. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I just I woke up. My eye was red on the side, so mm. it looks like shit. But I think it's did you have, not life threatening. You, did you have characters when you came in, or you know, we we did the thing where you like what you guys are saying about your stand up. Mine was just stories and and stand up and punchlines and just talking. So I really wasn't loaded to go in there to go. 
I think it's a good idea to go into the offices and say, hey guys, I can do this or hey, if you ever need something. But they, you have to, I'm wondering why does no one write for me, but no one even knows who I am and they don't right. give a fuck. And they've got 10 guys that are great right there to pick from. So you almost have to go sell yourself, which is what we both didn't do. And I didn't have as much to offer. Like I was just like sort of sarcastic. That might've been what they picked up just around the office or talking at the read-through table or at uh, rewrites. But you had some things that were useful, like impressions and attitudes. So I guess it would have been good for you to go to the you know, Smigel, go to Conan, go to those guys, whoever was still around. Jack Handy probably wouldn't have written that much for either of us because he was writing his own stuff that was almost didn't need people. <laughs> well, you want to have a reason you know what I mean? to do the impression that's kind of organic. Those guys make a good, good right? yeah. sketch around your impression. Rather than just a cavalcade of, you know. It was funny, like the things that don't get on, like when you're just swinging for the fences because you've had no sketches on for so long. I remember me and Steve Luckner had Christopher Walken as a waiter at Fridays, and that was the whole sketch. Oh, just that you... Like you should have a dessert. It's Mount... Fudgeopolis. <laughs> and we would like laugh. Pause. We would laugh like that. Oh, it's fucking and hilarious. And it goes to the table and it just takes a dump. Why? Really? God, that's such a funny... It was funny, but it's just like, what's, what's, the, what's the what point? is the sketch? Yeah. The sketch is what, like, what hey, you I, hey, I work here, right? So Viore is uh, a versatile, comfortable athleisure wear. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's designed to look good in every for everyday life. Like I got the shorts. They're called the men's core short. And I also got just a regular t-shirt. Mm -hmm. But I have some sweats. So they're basically all of it works for me. I like it. It works. Um I wore it on the road this weekend because it's sort of easy to wear anywhere. Mm -hmm. I don't work out all the time. But, but um, you know. Yeah, of course. This is uh I go into the yeah. stores. You can always go on the website, but they do a great job. They're just, they, they're a little above the knee. You can mm -hmm. go anywhere with them. I don't wear them on the plane, the shorts. I know the guy I was with was wearing shorts on the plane, which is kind of gross. In first class? Mm, coach. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you can go commando in, in confidence with the breathable boxer brief liner. Interesting. Yes, it is very interesting. And for the women's performance jogger, what I hear is you meet the pants you'll never want to take off. The performance Ooh. joggers have a slim but relaxed fit with a slightly cropped leg. Can you picture it, David? Side pockets and a drawstring yeah. designed with the softest premium dream knit stretch fabric. I think Bill Burr wore those to the golf tournament. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a fresh take on the uh, men's performance jogger. That's a staple in every wardrobe. I have a lot of uh, joggers, sort of sweats, the old way to call it. Mm -hmm. uh, they're made of premium recycled performance stretch fabric, shorter inseam, keep you moving with less bulk around your ankles. These joggers e are equal parts style and comfort. Viore mm -hmm. is an investment in your happiness for our listeners. They're offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com slash fly. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash fly. Not only will you receive 20% off on your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viori.com slash fly and discover 
the versatility of Viore clothing. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know how home shopping can be, and that can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you actually do need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? Good question. What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Maybe it is. Why can't it? Guess what? It is. Now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better, hold on. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listing and sales history. Wow. That sounds good. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information. All at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. I remember Andy Robin had a sketch. He wound up going on Seinfeld as a writer, but when he was on SNL, he had a sketch where people walk by each other in an office and they go, how you doing? He goes, uh, this week or something. They, they kept missing what they were saying and that they'd say the wrong answer. You know what I mean? Like he misheard him or something or something dumb, but it was just walk bys the whole sketch, I think. And then he submitted it probably five times. And that, that is the hardest thing to do is if you're not getting on. And the second time you put a sketch in, I've done it. It's got a stink on it. No matter why yeah. it didn't get on the first time, even if the host, mm-hmm. it got cut after dress or it killed, but then it bumped with something, the second time just isn't as good. And it's just harder and harder to get something on. Did you re- resubmit things? You were saying you did. Yeah, Crystal Psychic Walken. Friends Network, because it got, it got, why did it get cut? How did it get cut? The Jesus. first, it was first week with Charles Barkley and Nirvana when I did Barkley Whoa. versus Barney. Oh, that's great. As the cold open, <laughs> which was great. just, I panicked. I was like, Barkley, but like, I didn't know what the mm-hmm. fuck I was doing. And then I had to write it. And then- um, And you were Barney the Dinosaur? Sorry. No, no. It was just because there was commercials <laughs> of Charles Barkley playing basketball against Godzilla for Nike oh, okay. at the time. <laughs> so I was like, that's Barkley versus idea. Barney. And then I was like, oh, this is great. Okay, I, I'm, I'm in. And then uh, we shot it at Hunter College. It was like the next morning, at like 8 a.m. Oh, Thursday yeah. morning. And then- when I get there, like Al Franken's just got like video village and he's like, all right, he's got a shot list, uh-huh. which oh, in hindsight, he... thank God. Cause what am I, I was like, you guys play basketball. You beat up the guy in the Barney suit. They had a stunt man in a Barney suit. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, it was like, it's a very unfair tug of war guy. That's been there eight days. Al Franken, yeah. the guy that's going to be a Senator. And, um, and the new guy, yeah, yeah. And the big mm-hmm. argument was he would he's he didn't. At one point, I had Barkley kneeing just basketballs out the window, and he just knees Barney in the nuts. And uh, Franken goes, "No, we're not doing that." And he goes, "You can't have Barney kneeing. You can't have Charles Barkley kneeing Barney in the nuts." You can't. And that was like my only like thing where I dug <laughs> in, and I was like, "This has to be." And we wound up doing it, but it was it was really bizarre. was it in it? Yeah. Yeah, got a lot. And then, so the Psychic Friends Network, it was uh, Nirvana and uh, Barkley. No, sorry. It was the second week with the Shannon Doherty yeah. oof, and Cypress Hill. <laughs> what do you mean, oof? Well, I'll tell you. So okay. <laughs> I had, uh, so the, the, the conceit of the sketch is Christopher Walken's the last guy you want getting inside your head and helping you with psychic issues. It's like, you know, I can help okay, you with good. romance. I could be in your garage waiting for you when you get home. <laughs> security 
And so that's a really good tone you have. And then we had other like David was um, Crispin. You were Crispin Glover. Yeah. Like, hey, I want to help you. <laughs> it's all these celebrities that you hey, don't you. want. Yeah, you know? okay. And I then like we that. got away to a phone and the phone doesn't ring because everybody's freaked out. And, and he keeps going, why aren't you calling? And I had <laughs> Shannon Doherty as Sean Young in the cat suit because the, the story at the time was that she showed up to Warner Brothers dressed as Catwoman because yeah, she wanted to part. She freaked mm-hmm. everybody out. Mm-hmm. And then Shannon Doherty, like the, on Friday, <laughs> says, I, I'm not comfortable making fun of Sean Young. And it was like, oh, like no, no, exactly. <laughs> that's what I was saying. A, a sketch loses momentum for that. And now you have to resubmit it. Oh, I was fucking heated. <sighs> and then, so I was well, not on that show. I thought my life was over. And then it was week three, Aerosmith and Jeff Goldblum. And uh, I was in the writer's room, just, just sulking, just being a fucking baby. And Lauren comes in and goes, how's uh mm. How's the Christopher Walken sketch coming? And I said, I'm not going to do it this week. And he goes, ah, I think you have guilt and momentum on your side. Ooh. And I was like, <gasps> fucking. I didn't have a computer. I was, oh, yeah. I was writing on yellow legal yellow pad. pad yeah. Looking where to, I didn't know where to hand it in. Like, I don't know where to hand Claire. it in a sketch. Yeah, Claire. Claire went home at fucking 10. It's 3 a.m. <laughs> She's just trying to hand it to somebody. Like All the guys man. are hitting a button on their computer and the sketch goes to the magic sketch place. Um, I didn't have Oh, it com- sucked because you go in there. You, first of all, you write on legal pad. I go home at three in the morning, finish writing it. I have to take a cab back from the Upper West Side to hand it in to Claire and the Mad Men girls that are typing it. Yeah. And then I go back home and then I come back for read through. So it wasn't like attachment send. There was no laptop. So it was fucking horrible. Remember, that's how it was for you, right? Yeah, and I didn't know, I knew nothing about writing a sketch. Yeah, I didn't know, on. If, if you're in the sketch, I don't know if I write David or do I write Crispin. Yeah. Like, I just- I still the don't, basic low, The lowest <laughs> I'm, common denominator. That's a good question. I'm, I, I'm not sure I know. <laughs> right at this yeah. Oh, and back then, did we put- Um. I just fucking... <laughs> Did we put names of us? Names? No, you put the name of the character. No, you put character. Yeah. Yeah. I remember... You know, I saw yesterday Ian Maxtone. Remember when Dave him Mandel. And, remember when... Uh, writer from... Oh, who do you Norm, Norm? Norm knocked him out. Cold. Um, you remember that? I think he scored it. I don't ever see Norm no, being no, violent. Say whatever you're about to say. Dave was... Why not? I don't know. Because, Norm violent? <laughs> I never okay. saw Norm. I was Dave always violent. Hey, I say I was violent. He squirted hey, it with water, By right? chance, you know. But uh, <laughs> It was a cigarette thing. So Norm would smoke after mm-hmm. the no smoking. Like, this is, people don't understand. Like, it used to be like you could smoke in buildings. It was like, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like, by the way, like, you're not allowed to smoke in buildings anymore. So there was a grace period of people like, mm-hmm. oh, that's right. I forgot. Or they didn't care. So yeah. Norm was on the same, the, where Farley got, mm-hmm. where I tackled Farley. He was on that couch smoking. Pinned. And Ian Maxstone Graham, all six, ten of them, walks in with his little faggy yogurt. He always had Excuse like. Excuse me. Yogurt. You mean you mean gay? Yes. Uh, a festive yogurt. Happy. That was Happy. the name of it. Was Happy Gay Yogurt. And um, <laughs> and he walks in with his yogurt and oats and uh, Norm smoking, and he had a, gla- a plastic cup of water, and he yep. just looked at Norm, and he threw the water on Norm, and Norm just stood up, one punch yeah. out. Norm was deceptively was a big guy. You don't really think of it. I mean, he was sort of a beanpole in a way in the 90s. He got the, thicker. Big. Do you remember when you guys did the uh, the crystal meth sketch? Like the, you were like Tony Robbins, the weight loss guy. 
it was I think it was you and Fred, and it was ride the snake. Oh yeah, ride was, the snake. You know they show uh, basically you get people hooked on meth to lose weight. Yeah, and mm -hmm. and uh, on those commercials where they'll show like an outline of a fat body, and it says like after six weeks, and it goes in a little bit. This yeah. one was like mm -hmm. six hours, and it was like a skeleton. <laughs> yeah, and so these get so they had this thing of. Farley at a drive-thru window, a pre-filmed piece, and he's like, let me have 14 cheeseburgers, 14 apple pies, 22 french fries, and three chocolate milkshakes. And the guy in the box goes, will that be all? And he goes, no, I'll also have. <laughs> so we argued for two hours over what the back end of that order should be. Like he should just repeat the exact same order or like, right. no, make that Diet Coke. Yeah. Or no, give me three apple pies. And for two hours, you know, it just goes Go around, around and around and around. Room, yeah. And Norm was in the corner of the room. Like we, it was, I think it was 3.30 in the morning at this point. Norm goes, hey, you know, you guys have uh, Chris at that uh, drive-through window, you know, don't give me all these burgers, you know? And uh, the guy in the box goes, hey, will that be all? And how about Chris says, yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great norm. And then when they That's filmed an incredible it, norm. When they filmed it, Chris had like this look of incredible pride. <laughs> the guy goes, will that be all? I remember it. Leans his arms on his on elbow. The, he goes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so he was already working for him. Like he mm -hmm. had different habits at this point in his crystal meth and career. Crushed, right? I mean, I think it's amazing. He yeah. could but get like a laugh. Norm with one syllable, we were just a pack of dogs hunting in the wrong direction. And Norm's mm -hmm. like, hey, yes. Simplified it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We would amazing. go back and forth over many jokes like that. Like, how do you get out of a sketch? I, and you, if you're the writer of the sketch or if it's your sketch, you do get to pick. Like you get, a Downey throwing a joke in, a Smigel, a Franken, it's great. And you get to add, you're like when Rob did Copy Machine and everyone's like, sting, sting in there. You know, everyone throw in anything and he, you get the benefit of a room. Every sketch does, not just Rob's, everyone. That's fun. Downey, I remember once it was like week three and he goes, you know, I got, um, I want to talk to you about comedy writing at some point. And I was like, oh yeah. About what? Comedy writing? Comedy writing. I was like, great. And so I was like, hey, you got time? And he's like, no, not today. It'll be like down the line. Me and you are going to sit down. I want to talk to you about comedy writing. <laughs> so it's my, it's like week, I don't know, 17. Yeah. Huh. And he goes, Jay, what are you doing? I'm like, he goes, when, when are we going to have that talk about comedy writing? <laughs> so and I was crazy. like, I'm ready. And he goes, come on in. Oh. And I go in his office and he goes, you know what the three funniest words in comedy are? I go, no. He goes, full-blown AIDS. Full-blown AIDS. And I go, yeah. He goes, yeah. All right. Thanks for coming by. That, that was, was it. it. He set me up for four months. Set you four up. Four months. And then he says- When are we going to have that talk? <laughs> Full blown We saw Downey this week. Really? And I haven't I seen him I had dinner with him forever. last night. Yeah. He talked about the Indian-British War uh, in 1740 for like an hour. <laughs> Unbelievable. I love mind. that stuff. This just yeah. in. He, oh, yeah. It's so, so fun to listen to him talk about American history. He'll go into a college library for hours in Yale or something. He's just, uh, he's I love when he turn up on sketches or like when Smigel would turn up on a sketch. I always feel like, ooh, <laughs> it's somebody funny. from the other side crack, crack through. He cracked through. It's hard. Be yeah. a feature player. I think Odenkirk and Conan were feature players and they never got a fair shake to be in, especially when I was there. It was the only time I saw Conan on camera was that Get Handsome sketch when Mike Myers was doing All right. Get Handsome. Get handsome yeah. club or whatever. One of the guys in the audience like, I got handsome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was probably for a Alec Baldwin type post too. How about the amount of rewrites when they're not needed? Like Mike Myers would just hand in these perfect sketches and you'd just sit in a room for eight hours when guys would just dissect his sketch. 
He's he going like, to work. Bro, it's, it's just, it's just I know, Mike. why are we doing it's it? It's perfect. If people at home don't know, the, the rewrite, rewrite table, what, it start at one on Thursday after read-through? Thir read-through's Wednesday. I mean, I, ideally. It starts around one, but usually a roughly, later. and it goes till about 4 a.m. So you're there, that's a long haul. And uh, every sketch gets about two hours or something. It just gets monotonous. What was the name of the restaurant you mentioned? You Wall and Joseph. I remember. I went there. I felt like a, a big shot when you're like, come on, we're going to. Oh, yeah. It's fun. Wally and Joseph's. And I, but I always felt, because you came in with like Timmy and like you said, like Adam and yeah. Rob. And so you guys were kind of a group. And then when I came in, anytime I was with you guys, I felt like a freshman hanging out with seniors. You so like you're you, in the conversation, but you're not real. But you weren't part of like the next group. You were sort of a tweener kind of, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It was me, Sarah, Norm, and all the Harvard guys, like Steve Luckner, oh, Lou yeah, Morton, yeah. Dave Mandel, and then uh, Dave Attell also. There's so many Ivy League writers on SNL. I know. I know. Where'd you go to did you go to college? You know, no one's ever asked me that in my life. Really? <laughs> and ever. That's the first. I used to do a joke to... about it. Nobody's ever asked me, where'd you go to college? It's just implied. Only because of you're mentioning the Harvard guys. This, but is, yeah. new, this is New Jersey San public Francisco school. San Francisco State, yeah. baby. 95 is, bucks a semester. Yeah? Oh, it's just a joke. School. No, it's I was not a Harvard, straight is it? D student. Because there's no curriculum for stand-up comedy. Right. <laughs> and so it's just like, yeah. what is this? We're adding letters. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? Yeah, and then, we're just... then you go... But like, she so just you got get, in the clubs right out of high school. Then yeah, I started at yeah. sixteen, same as you. Sixteen? I didn't start at sixteen. Well, what did I say? <laughs> you didn't <laughs> let me finish. You said twenty. He said sixty. Said yeah. twenty. Yeah, you didn't let me finish. I have yeah. another question for you. <laughs> Ready? God, By the way, I, when, so when you look up research on you, it says what Jay's favorite songs are. <laughs> Really? Why? I think that was you a know. Don Imus question. You got to give him your top five. Oh, songs. all right. Here, because it's out in the ether. What's the difference between if what you could talk about your first marriage versus your recent marriage? I mean, is, being is a mature, it, it easier uh, to be married adult, later in life. Being a mature adult, be, getting married as opposed to being young. Lauren said something wise. Every man should have three marriages. <laughs> Minimum. One in his 20s and 30s, one in his 40s, and the third in his 50s when he knows what he really wants. <laughs> and that's exactly how it went with me. You oh, had really? three? This Did you have third. three? Okay. And Jeannie's the first, I'm not even going to say marriage because I don't want to put anybody on blast, but like the first woman I've ever been with that just wasn't like depressed. <laughs> so it's like, interesting. Like with her there's some blast. And like her own, like, oh, I'm going to go look at, I'm going to go, what'd you say? I said, there's some blast. <laughs> no, no, but I, I get it. But you're younger. <laughs> I think you're, on that. The one I knew was an actress, seemed like a great girl. And that, I think everyone just changes in life. So you change, maybe she changes, maybe it's a great run. And then it, it just turns into something else where it doesn't work out. Well, it's not, the first one, I just was never like in love. Yeah. It just sort of, that's how it goes. That's the progression of a relationship. Somebody, you know, when you're dating somebody yeah. and you're young and they go, why don't, why don't we go steady? And you're like, or, you know, cause I'm from the fifties. Yeah. When are you going to wear my sweater, mm -hmm. my pin? <laughs> when are you going to do this? When are we going to live together? And you're like, all right, fucking live, you know, we'll live together. I turn into Colin Quinn. All right, we'll live together. Yeah. Let's not, you know, cohabitate too yeah. long. <laughs> I digress. And that then it's is a like, great Colin when Quinn. Are we we have to get call these out. He just did a brilliant Colin when Quinn. When are we going to get engaged? When are, when are we going to get married? And the proposal was like, there's your ring. Are you happy? Like, that's actually how it went. Yeah. So that's not a good old So that, how that long did that last? Six years. And then but this, I was on the show and she was in LA. So I was 
So let me insert this. Did you ever hear Lauren say this? Um, there's something about a man in his 40s and a woman in her 20s. They're both at the peak of their power. <laughs> Did he say that? It's almost Dr. Evil. That was almost Jimmy Stewart. Uh, yeah, they're both at the peak of their power. Um, <laughs> and the other quote, have you heard this one? I said it on the podcast, Lauren, again. Marriage is a prison that everyone's trying to escape into. You know who said that? Chris Jenner. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so the second marriage. What well, is, how do you know what you said? Because I was, I, uh, I, I'm embarrassed. I was all fired up. I had Colin uh, holstered. Well, I wanted to call out that you're just. He's, I Jay said, is throwing in these subtle impressions. So give us a little. Wait, Colin let me. Get, I'll give no, you. What a, was the quote though? Oh yeah, um, marriage. Marriage is a prison that everyone's trying to escape into. Uh, well, I don't. I don't feel that way this time because I'm. You gotta understand. Okay. All right. Hey, let's break it down. I've been <laughs> as of today. I've been sober. Two years and six months. Oh, that's so it. So I met Jeannie after my divorce where that, a divorce is the biggest hole in your soul because you get married because you're certain it's an impossibility that you're going to get mm -hmm. divorced. That's why you get married. Like, yeah. oh, this is it. This is great. And then when that starts, when the panels kind of start coming off the space shuttle, it's, it mm -hmm. gets, it, you get nuts. Christy McAuliffe said the same thing. And it, it feels oh. to me like a marriage, the one thing Feed a marriage can't, can't survive is contempt. Yeah. Either from either side. Well, and, if you um, were not, if you were, if you were drink or whatever. Well, what was your drug of choice? Were you alcohol? This time it was Adderall. I Adderall? Went, I went down. Uh, oh, it helped me focus on getting. I think more people did do you, that. So then you started taking it just to feel okay. After the divorce, it was like, well, shit. Like I want to. I just wanted to like feel something. I've I've always been a drug addict and an alcoholic. It wasn't like this one event made me this thing. Like I was an alcoholic and drug addict when I was born, and long before I ever picked up a drink, I I've always needed more than anybody else in every capacity. And right. yeah, it's just a genetic brain. Like everybody chemistry. else has this like plan for a living that I'm not aware of, and I'm I always felt like on the outside looking in. Like if you and I were kids mm -hmm. and uh, I was at your house and we were on your couch watching TV, I would spend that entire time trying to convince you that we were having a good time on your couch watching TV. Like I was just oh, needy. Yeah. Desperation's got a yeah. very distinct scent and I stunk. Well, yeah, that's, uh, well, then, we all are doing, having a fist fight in our head. Yeah. Either a lot or a little. Yeah. You know. So I, I quit drinking 1998 and then I used drugs alcoholically. I, I'm a big pill guy. I love pills. Mm -hmm. So it was like Vicodin and Norco. And then when I stopped that a couple of times and then Adderall is the one that brought down the beast. And um, so that the divorce didn't make me use, I chose to go back to using drugs. Like I felt like I was, I like having a secret, like I'm getting away with something like, yeah. yeah. So this is right when the pandemic was starting kind of? Before, or? in the middle of the yeah. pandemic was fantastic. Oh, I was just snorting Adderall and I was paddle boarding and fishing from my paddle board. I was just insane. I lived in Malibu on the water and I would just yeah. snort rails of Adderall. Did it make you lose Shit. a tremendous amount of weight? Oh yeah, I went into yeah. treatment at like 160. I just was all, I'll show you my before. You know, Adderall's big. I was having lunch with people about only like a year ago. And the guy goes, I wish I had my Adderall with me. I don't have one. And the waitress came out. He goes, do you have an Adderall? And she goes, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, does everyone have Adderall? He's like, yeah. I know people just take a, a decent amount to, and then write or do a project. Yeah. But, but mm. then add addiction's a whole nother. Well, it's hard to keep it in check. I'm sure. Yeah. So I met Jeannie at the very beginning where it was like manageable, it's fun, fun with problems, then it's problems. So she met me yeah. at the fun and then it was fun with problems. She was, oh. I had a radio show and I interviewed her over the phone 
And I imagine that there was like a vibe there over the phone. I like, <laughs> all right, joining us now is Jeannie Buss on the on the hotline. And then I went to the Twitter DM. I asked her to do my podcast. And then I had left my house. I was staying at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And when I went to the elevators to go get her, when she mm -hmm. walked out of the elevator, it was just, I was done. Like it was slow motion. It was, it was actually, oh, great. for me, it was love. So at you first talked time. to her on the phone or over in the radio and then you see her in person. So the vibe is so strong, just instant. I mean, I think it was one-sided. Like, you know, she oh. was, she, I don't think she had love at first sight, but I like, I remember it was slow motion. I remember like there was a green elevator door and that palm tree carpet. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to be with her all the time. And that's then cool. she's then, a happy person is kind of what you alluded to. Like a, that's, that's very. Well, I'm so, a happy person too. Like that's. But I'm, you were coming right off the addiction at that yeah, point. Yeah. And it was like this person, like, I, I, I don't know. It was just like, a, it was a puzzle piece that had been missing mm -hmm. from my big jigsaw puzzle my whole life, I felt. And um, then my drug addiction got really bad and she was at my intervention which was at my, an intervention being the worst surprise party you'll ever go oh, to. You yeah. walk in, like everybody you love is there and you're like, hey, oh no. <laughs> and wow, then I thought she did the tough. intervention. So, you know, when you're angry pack, you either never take your eyes off, the, you either don't look at them at all. Yeah. Or you never take your eyes off them. Angry packing. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I was just angry packing for rehab yeah. and I never took my eyes off a genie. And then I got to rehab and all I had was socks. Because <laughs> I just did so loved. badly. Yeah. That's and then, you know, so she stuck with me. She stuck with you. That's a big deal. The, like I was a mess. Like I was a mess. There's, if the world was fair, like we definitely wouldn't be together. I, I would have lost that, that prize. We got married last week. It's eight days today. We've been married. Any yeah. SNL people? No. They're gross. There's only 20 people. Yeah, I guess the odds are So do you think all favorite. of us- David, I need you to pick the energy up a little bit. <laughs> this, Jay, this is I'm the most high energy he's ever been. NPR over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're talking about something nice. I'm trying to shut the fuck up for a second. It's mm -hmm. hard. It's very hard. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash wall to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash wall. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be. To be. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What did I want to get off my chest recently? Well, it's probably something you got to get off your chest because we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We just keep things bottled up and then it starts to affect us negatively, David. Negatively. Yeah, it was something about when I was merging and the people weren't waving back to me and bothered me. But, you know, that th mm -hmm. that's a small stress, but it can be bottled up and yep. get bigger. Therapy mm -hmm. is a safe space to get things off your chest uh, and how to yeah. figure out you know, you got to work through whatever's weighing you down. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, yes, and I I was in therapy. I'm there here and there now, but for five years, and you know, it does challenge your thoughts because I'm gonna. This is kind of know if this is profound, but you are your thoughts in some ways. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking redundant negative things or sad things or whatever, a therapist can kind of get you out of that kind of negative pattern. So mm -hmm. be the best mm -hmm. version of yourself. Um, you know, and sometimes. It can be small things. It can be major trauma. I think either way, mm -hmm. it's good to talk to someone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just mm -hmm. fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist if uh, you're not into yeah. it anytime, yeah. no additional charge. Mm -hmm. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash F-O-T-W today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash F-O-T-W. So now this marriage is like none other. Like the, uh, not, nothing against the first two wives. No, I, I think it's like, it's also like, you know, it's your last. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm 53. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, when you've, when you've been so humbled and demoralized and you've come completely undone. And then you've brick by brick and stone by stone built yourself back up into a human being that you've been meant to be the whole time. And that person's waiting for you at the end of that journey. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's who else would you want to spend the rest Very of your life? What, what's your coping mechanisms when you feel bad if it's not Adderall really or whatever? I'm a weird guy. Like, I don't really Do you feel meditate? Do you I, take a hike? Yeah, every day. I don't really feel bad, though. I'm, I'm one of those weird, I'm mm -hmm. wired weird. Like, I'm for an addict. Usually it's or some a comic even. Like yeah. I just wake up kind of fired up. I always well, known you to be upbeat. Nice. Yeah, I'm a happy dude. Yeah. Like yeah. I've always been that way. I don't know. It's just sometimes it's just the way your hard drive is installed. I think so. It feels like it's a thermostat that you get at birth. Yeah. Because even if I was positive. on the color or a cover of Rolling Stone or something, I felt I was always in this certain range on a one to of ten, happy. maybe maybe six or a seven. Not happy go lucky, but it it stayed kind of consistent. It's it, yeah, and in, in addiction, it goes the other way, where it's, it just becomes this mania. Yeah. Like, you know, also, when I was in my addiction, I was diagnosed manic depressive. I was diagnosed bipolar. And then I work a program, and I go through 12 steps for a program mm -hmm. that might be anonymous. And then that became, I, now I have like this monotheism for all of my problems. Like every mm -hmm. single problem in my life, it can be remedied by the program so they're not no one suggesting medication or anything for no bipolar? i actually got off that was the end of the story that i forgot to put in is I, I at about a year and a half sober i got off all my medication and it was just it was a direct result of my drug addiction That's you, it's like the old equalizers on a car stereo mm -hmm. where you get them just right and when you snort adderall you just bang you just blast them all up to 10 across treble bass fader yeah. this and then mm -hmm. when you come off them boom they come crashing back down and then you just keep jamming them back and forth back and forth mm -hmm. and it's just not an accurate it's just not an accurate gauge of how you're actually feeling cuz you're either in mania or you're just completely panicked cuz you're going to run out of drugs damn yeah. So Saturday Night Live is a, an emotionally violent uh, place for anyone with mental health stuff. Or, yeah, mean, but I was, I'm, one of the best things I learned in recovery was that I'm, I am the reason for all of my suffering, which thrilled me because if I'm the reason for my suffering, then I always have a solution. 
I can change how I'm looking at something mm -hmm. or I can go be of service and help somebody else. And then mm -hmm. just because if I'm pissed off, it's, it's really just a perverse selfishness because mm -hmm. if I'm pissed off, I'm only thinking about me. Yeah. So as an alcohol, an active alcoholic on Saturday night live, it's, you know, woe is me, poor me, poor me, pour me a drink. So it's like, <laughs> I didn't get my, I didn't get my sketch on like, oh, this fucking place. Yeah. And that's, if I, if I could do it again, if I, to be, I guess it's like the classic SNL lament. Oh, if I could be 53 in that 23 year old yeah. body and just be like, okay, I can do it. I get to watch Nirvana rehearse. All right. I know you didn't even think of how great we had it, like see Nirvana in the cafeteria eating. I never felt like they owed me anything, or even in stand up. I remember I would talk to young comedians, Nirvana? like they get all into the drama. Yeah, I was friends Chris with them. Into the drama of stand up. I'm getting fucked, man. I should be middling by now. And they put that guy getting all wound up in that. But I think guys like you and me had a lot of success quickly. In like it was sort of, yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't you think so? Like you're. I'm like, I had a lot of stage fright. Well, there were no comedy clubs when I started. Literally, I opened that's, for that's bands. That's really the key to enjoying the benefits of the program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that'll set you back. Yeah. yeah. Just opening for bands and getting annihilated oh. stuff. Normal stuff. But once I got into a club, a real club, not a, not a honky-tonk bar, like the other cafe and the hate, I started to progress just because of the environment. Yeah, well, your talent, though, it's you, you, can't, it's, you can't deny it. it I think it's... Would you say that you rose quickly once you got into the right environment of clubs? I would say that uh, as quickly as I can, that I never was able to wrap my mind around, like I'm one of those guys. Like I'm going to be on TV, yeah. like like Jerry Lewis or Jackie Gleason or something. And so yeah. I was, I did a lot of shitty television. Yeah. Because I, I had no, they offered me Blue Thunder and I was in a helicopter, James Ferentino, who was coked out and drinking straight vodka, Fantastic. by the way. And um, what else do you do? In yeah, I know. So it, 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 in retrospect, it seems like <laughs> I, I played Morongo like? Casino and they, Morongo. The Morongo. They, they sent the helicopter for me. Fuck yeah. And my pilot was Lorenzo Lamas. Shut the fudge up. And they the said, actor? Yeah. At, at Van Nuys Airport, they're like, this is your pilot. <laughs> we call him Lorenzo Lamas. And I was like, ah, yeah, he looks like him. And then we're like somewhere over like Ontario. And it's a, I look at him, it says Lamas on his headset. <laughs> to make, to grind it into you? Yeah, and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure you ask him. Yeah, only on my side. Of the <laughs> <laughs> I was only on my side. He has to side. switch it. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to ask him like, are you Lorenzo Lamas? But I didn't want to be that obvious. So I was like, hmm. So it was like, how much money do you think you've left on the table doing this? That was pretty smooth to ask him that, right? Is that what you said? Instead of and saying that, like, are you? What he and saying? he goes, oh, 95% of it. I'm like, okay, that's Lorenzo Lamas. Yeah. And so he he's a helicopter pilot. That's not that an Uber driver. He, he just digs it. And then he stayed, for, I said, come to the show. And he's like, I'm not supposed to. I'm like, come on. Come so he, on. Stayed, he stayed for the show. And then we flew home. And somewhere over like the desert, he goes, do you mind if we stop for gas? In like, the helicopter? Who, who says no to that? In the helicopter. Like, I prefer, <laughs> I I prefer think, let's just ride it out. We got Give me this. an LAX. <laughs> Listen, what do you want, E? Before Jay goes, I have to ask Tom one more thing. Was I... I auditioned for Jerry Maguire. You did? Yeah. For your part. Really? Yeah, Bob Sugar. Interesting. So who got it? <laughs> anyway. Um, no, you know, I remember... You know who had it? When, I, when we were auditioning... Is that there. Cameron Crowe? 
Yes. Yeah. There was already an offer to Owen Wilson because hey. they had done, Jim Brooks and Owen Wilson had already done Bottle Rocket together. Hey. So by the time that, I don't know about you, but, but hey, hey. Owen. Hey, when I do Owen Wilson, we do this part. When I do I Owen Wilson, it sounds work. like Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I try to do it, <laughs> but my mouth gets too tight. And I, yeah. like I say, we take it up. And I do him uh, telling a toddler he can't have any more candy. Please let me. I don't think you should have any more candy. <laughs> I, I'm just doing Melissa. I love that guy. I do. He's the greatest. When I saw Haunted Mansion, I'm like, oh, he was on the screen. I'm like, Owen Wilson. I love this guy. Woody Harrelson, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Three Texas eccentrics. Put them in some movie, Hollywood. I love those together. Here's my yeah. Colin Quinn when I said his friend just moved in with his girlfriend. I go, Does he, did he like moving in with his girlfriend? He goes, what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I got, before we leave, I don't know. Do this is yeah. a quick podcast. Go yeah. I got to tell you two quick, spade man. stories that are fantastic. Oh, oh, I love it. Where uh, I was doing, I went back to see the show, and I was filming Picture Perfect with Jennifer Aniston, yeah. <laughs> and I see Davey in the hallway, and yeah. he goes, "How do you like working with Jenny?" And I go, no, "I'm such a dick." I go, "I don't know. She smokes cigarettes." And he goes, "Let her down easy." <laughs> <laughs> is that the most David joke ever? Yeah, yeah definitely. That is exactly how it went. Yeah, that's fucking so cool. yeah. And then he did that David thing when he goes. <laughs> and then uh, we we were at a strip <laughs> yeah, club. And um, the dancer, I'm being generous, the dancer, the artist. The artist, she, yeah. You know, like when male bodybuilders, they can flex their pecs? Mm. Arnold used to yeah. do that. Yeah. So this girl would do it. And so she's dancing for David and she's going like doing the bodybuilder boob flex. And it's like, hey, and like two songs go by and she circles back around and she does it again. And David goes, seen it. <laughs> she just, she was like, like she, gonna be, she just got humiliated. Like, oh, wow. You were like, seen it. Seen it. That's well, very David. Yeah. God, it reminds me. We went out. We got a picture with. Oh, what a hooker! Uh, okay, thank you, Jay. We we you have the best fucking stories. This is great. I know. Thank you this for coming on, buddy. Amazing. This is crazy. It's easy, right? Easy. Like you could do it on Zoom. I'm like, oh, I want to hang out. No, it's fun guys. to come in here. We like when oh, people we'll do come it in. On, we we do a lot of Zooms. Trust me, a lot of Zooms, a lot of Zooms. But we, uh, Carsenio. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I, I understand that a uh, a crib is uh, your house <laughs> and your. A bed, I you know, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so, long fingers. Gotta yeah. love <laughs> a fucking wig. Carcinio. So yeah, I'll show you something when we're done here. Oh yeah, because it's 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 Farley and and Hartman on on the Carson episode. Was it? Oh, they Dom DeLuise and uh, Dom DeLuise. <laughs> where they flip out. Did you ever see that? Yes. Yo, you so see it. fucking okay. funny. Do you remember when Far on the scared straight motivational speaker? We, had, we made an arrangement, like when Farley falls through the wall of the prison, yeah. we were all going to run out. The, we're, then we all run oh, out like escape. escape. We're all going to fall on top of Chris. As a joke. So he can't come back in and say live from New York. Oh, that's funny. So Chris goes through the wall. Me, you, Sandler, Schneider, and Timmy <laughs> fall on top of Chris. And he just lifts us up like leaves bags. <laughs> Like he didn't. The he just peels us off. No, like not, not even a joke. He's not just even like, one second was was, it was didn't wasted. Cost, just all right from New York. <laughs> and he had, the, he had the line 
where him and Martin Lawrence are selling us back and forth for cigarettes because yeah. that's yeah. the prison thing. And Farley was supposed to go, sold seven bitches to the homie in the cornrows. <laughs> and instead, <laughs> so you're the camera. He goes, sold seven bitches to the cornrows in the homie rows. <laughs> Oops! <laughs> he just looks down the barrel. Looks in the camera. Oops! <laughs> oh, I love you, Chris. All right. Oh, All right. Okay. Thanks, boys. This has been a podcast presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Available now for free wherever you get your podcast. No joke, folks. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13, executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. The show's lead producer is Greg Holtzman with production and engineering support from Serena Regan and Chris Basil of Cadence 13. 